where we said we want to be a place of inclusion, not just welcome and hospitality, but belonging and connecting and engaging. That deep down desire expressed in every page of scripture that we long to be known and loved. What would it look like to dedicate ourselves to be a place of inclusion, especially for those who have felt not at home in so many places? From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. To keep healthy, we eat the right food, exercise, and create a nice, harmonious environment in our home. Similarly, Old St. Pat's is a living, breathing entity that shares many of our needs. And thanks to your prayers and participation, our community heartbeat is alive and well. Because of this, Old St. Pat's has become a beacon of love and a sanctuary where many find solace and support. Your time, talent, and treasure have created a culture of inclusion, kinship, and connection. Through Old St. Pat's masses, live events, community outreach, the podcast, and live stream, we cast a lifeline to local communities in Chicago and across the globe. On today's episode, Father Pat McGrath extends his gratitude for your generous support and humbly asks for your continued assistance in our journey to be a place of profound inclusion and love. And so Jesus paints a picture. He provides a vision of this kingdom that he has been witnessing to. He tells this story about the great banquet feast. There's lots of good food and banquet in the readings tonight. In that first reading, you were perhaps thinking of your dinner reservations as you heard about choice wines and juicy meats. And Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a wedding feast, like a great party. The feast is set, the feast in honor of this son, the one who is being gathered here, who is gathering you here to this celebration, but they just don't come. And it's worthy of our prayer to wonder why not. What is it that doesn't allow them to make their way to the feast that's been prepared for them? Why is it that some just go back to their work and some just ignore it and some react so violently, so angrily? What is it that doesn't allow them to accept the invitation to come to the feast, to the banquet? And in the frustration, the father sends this new message, go, go everywhere, go out, we say sometimes, to the highways and byways. The scripture scholars tell us that the language here in the Greek of the word for the road here suggests that this would have been the road at the edges of town. Scripture scholars like Sister Barbara Reed at CTU say that those folks that would have lived out there probably would come into the city to work during the day and then head back out to the outskirts because they couldn't afford to live in the heart of the city. These were poor folks working hard who would never be invited to such a banquet. And so the father sends them out to the furthest points and says, everybody come. And they come to the feast. And it's a vision, an image that Jesus is stirring in our imagination about pushing the boundaries back of church, if you will, about expanding the horizons of who's in and who's out to go to the edges or to the peripheries, the margins, as Pope Francis likes to say. 
and invite them all in. Everybody, come. And even in the longer version of this gospel, which we didn't read tonight, which concludes with somebody coming into the wedding feast and who wasn't dressed appropriately and gets thrown out, the scripture scholars tell us that when you would go to a wedding feast like that, the host would provide garments to wear, festive garments for the occasion. And so this one who isn't dressed properly, it isn't a function of his wealth or his status. He, for some reason, refuses to wear the garment provided. Wondering what that garment might have been, Pope Francis, in one of his own reflections on this passage, says the garment was mercy. The garment was the Son, Jesus' way of being. The garment, as St. Paul would say, was to put on Christ, that to come into the banquet and celebrate the feast is to somehow make some step toward that kingdom of God by how we are. Merciful, compassionate, generous, forgiving, reconciling. And so Jesus tells us and tells those scribes and Pharisees, chief priests and elders, you've got this thing all wrong and I'm going to expand your imagination and I'm going to paint a picture of a bigger calling for everybody. That wonderful line of James Joyce that his definition of the Catholic Church was, here comes everybody. Everybody come to the feast. Everybody come to this place. Everybody is welcome here, the father of the bridegroom says. Now, this is the Sunday that I speak to all the masses about our life as old St. Pat's, primarily to come and say thank you and to be grateful for who we are and what we have accomplished and have been able to experience together. And when I heard this gospel was the gospel for today, I thought it was fantastic because in some strange way, this gospel describes the movement of the imagination and the model of church that has been at work at Old St. Pat's for quite some time now. You see, those of you who've been around here a long time, longer than me, you know the story and have lived through it. But I've heard the story a thousand times of those earliest days in the 1980s when Jack Wall, Father Jack Wall, came here as the pastor and makes the claim that there were only four registered parishioners at that time, and that one of them was, in fact, the dog that lived in the rectory. There seems to be little embellishment of this when you talk to those folks who were there in those first days. Even Christmas Mass, Christmas Eve Mass, was two families that had gathered together because they kind of felt bad for Jack Wall. But Jack Wall and his team came in here, and the community that starts to gather around had a vision. And the vision was based on an idea that the picture of church that we were operating with wasn't big enough, that our dreams were too small, that our imaginations needed to enlarge, and our sense of what church could be had to change. And so the limitations of geography or proximity were set aside such that we might say to the world, come to Old St. Pat's, intend to be here, choose to be a part of this community. Wherever you are, make the pilgrimage to Adams and Desplaines on Sunday. We're imagining a new way to be together as church. And there was a formula that was put in place, simple really, to be hospitable, 
to show hospitality to folks who came here from the way you welcomed them at the door to the way we welcome them to the sacraments and the life of the church, hospitality. And that there ought to be a focus on great music, extraordinary music that would lift up our prayer, that would enhance our liturgy, which would transform us. And that there ought to be great preaching. Two out of three ain't bad. And so people started to come, and the model of church that evolves here is a beautiful model so inspired by the Second Vatican Council, which was, as the people come, they'll tell you what kind of church they want to have. The people of God will say, you know, we really should get busy about the folks we know who need some help in career transitions, who are looking for work, or the homeless that pass our church every day. Or they said, what social justice ministries can we do? Or how do we enhance our faith as adults and as young people? How do we find the intersection of our faith and our work all day? And so what grows out of the imagination of the people of God gathered in this holy place was an astounding array of ministries, an extraordinary outreach to Chicago and beyond, a church becoming and this beautiful dream begins to take root. And in more recent days, Tom Hurley and the team articulated a, a renewed vision for Old St. Pat's built on those expectations of that first restoration or reformation or renaissance in the 80s, where we said we want to be a place of inclusion, not just welcome and hospitality, but belonging and connecting and engaging that deep-down desire expressed in every page of Scripture that we long to be known and loved, what would it look like to dedicate ourselves to be a place of inclusion, especially for those who have felt not at home in so many places? That inclusion supported by exquisite liturgy, liturgy that lifts us up and challenges us, that our worship changes us and transforms us, and a renewed conviction to friendship, kinship, we say. Push, push the circle back, make it bigger, put us in relationship, give us the humility to enter into relationships, recognizing that what we want is to be changed by the connection to those around us, and especially to those whom we otherwise might never connect with. From North Lawndale to the other side of the world, put us in kinship here because we will be changed and the kingdom of God looks more like that. And so thanks be to God, this church, this old St. Patrick's, for so long has heard that calling to a church with big, broad boundaries that fade as you get to the edges. It's a church that's gotten comfortable with the discomfort of the call to the margins, to the peripheries. It's a church that's recognized that our place in this city demands of us an attention to the brokenness and the struggles of those around us. And it's a community that has recognized the grace of being church together. And not to put too fine a point on it, in a world that seems incapable of collaboration, in a world that daily seems to break our hearts with stories of division and polarization in our church and in our politics and in our world, as we continue to lament the violence of our world, I'd say the world needs more places 
like old St. Pat's, not perfect, but in our human, lovely way, trying together to respond to the call to be that church, that kingdom. And so I come to you this day to say thank you for being that church. Thank you for being old St. Patrick's. Thank you for breathing life into the mission that has been entrusted to us and handed on to us. This mission to be church for the world, to take what we do here and what we know in the sinew of our souls in this holy place, to take it out there into the world, into our workplace, into our homes, into our city, and to strive to connect, to build kinship, to seek justice. And I come to ask you to continue to invest your life in this place, to invest in the mission of this place in three ways. First, in prayer. To pray for our community that we might be open to the spirit that synod prayer will pray at the end of Mass today, that we might invite that same Holy Spirit to change us and inspire us and challenge us to pray for us as church together. I ask for your presence to be here, and when you can't be here, to be there on the live stream, but to come together as the body of Christ to celebrate the Eucharist together because that is when we are most who we are called to be, fed together as the body of Christ. And I invite you to continue to support Old St. Pat's financially. You know, as a simple statement of fact, over the last four years, our revenue, our giving patterns have been basically flat, but our expenses have, of course, risen. And the circumstances of our world have shown us why that might be the way, but I'm inviting those of you who are regular givers to Old St. Pat's, first of all, know of my deep gratitude on behalf of all of us who benefit from the generosity of so many. Thank you. And I'm inviting those of you who are givers to consider increasing your donation by 5% this year. And for those who have not given, I invite you to prayerfully consider investing in the mission we share. A week does not go by that I don't receive a letter from somebody to the effect of this. I live and it's somewhere far away, they'll say. And I watch that live stream every week and it's a lifeline for me. It's a source of spiritual sustenance for me. Thank you for being that community. And there'll be a check for $15 or $20. Whenever we talk about stewarding the resources of this community, I think of those people, especially those people who entrust to us that gift, and we are to account for every dollar of that. And I can stand before you today and say that what we steward here, the grace and the mystery of God that we've been entrusted with as church, is healthy and responsible. I invite you to take a look at our stewardship report. You'll be receiving it either in the mail or electronically, and it's a story, really, of what's happened in this last year, the exceptional stories of this community, of you, of what we've been able to accomplish together and who we have been for each other here. This place, this old St. Patrick's, has a mission, and you and I are the ones who bear it. We are the ones that have been entrusted to live it, to lead it, to love it. I thank you for the ways you breathe life into it every day. 
And I ask you to continue to invest in the mission here. I believe our city needs it. Our world needs it. We need it. May we know the grace to respond generously, and may we always know the gratitude to our God who has invited us to this great banquet feast. Time now for announcements and events. Discover the power of effective listening on Wednesday, October 18th. It's a skill often overlooked but deeply valuable. Join us as Dr. John Igwebuke delves into the art of listening, fostering inclusion, belonging, and interpersonal justice. Don't miss this opportunity to listen during our next At the Crossroads Speaker and Discussion Series on October 18th from 7 to 8.15 p.m. Please register at oldstpats.org slash at the crossroads. Join the North Lawndale Kinship Initiative on October 21st from 8 to noon at Wyman, 1241 South Pulaski Road, every third Sunday from 8 a.m. to noon at Young Men's Education Network Gym, be a part of My Brother's Kitchen Meal host, formerly Bread of Life Breakfast. A team of 8 to 12 people will prepare and serve a hot meal for about 100 neighbors. Contact Vincent Guider, North Lawndale Kinship Initiative Director, at vincentg at oldstpats.org for more info. Our next special Friends Mass is October 22nd at 1 p.m. in the Courtyard. We know it can be challenging on Sundays for families, kids, and especially those with special needs. So occasionally we host a special Mass for families who may need a liturgy designed especially for them. If you or someone you know would benefit from joining our special Friends Masses, we welcome you and please help us spread the word. Again, the next special Friends Mass is October 22nd at 1 p.m. in the Courtyard. Discover the beauty of impermanence at a contemplative day of prayer on October 23rd from 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the Morton Arboretum in Lyle. Join facilitator Al Gustafson in exploring the profound wisdom of transitions and the Paschal mystery. Step away from your daily routine and into a world of quiet, structured prayer. Breakfast and lunch are included in the $65 ticket. Secure your spot among 35 participants and inquire about scholarships by contacting alg at oldstpats.org. And as a reminder, the 36th Emerald Ball is Friday, October 27th at the Hilton Chicago. We'll be honoring Father Tom Hurley and the Heart of the Crossroads recipients, Katie Nee Hobbs and Mike Hobbs. Don't miss this spectacular celebration. For tickets, event details, and sponsorship information, visit oldstpats.org slash emeraldball. Dive into reflection with Father Pat McGrath on healing polarization, a Catholic and Ignatian way forward. Join us on November 4th at 9 a.m. at the Misericordia campus at 6300 North Ridge Avenue. This encore-hosted event is open to all. Registration is $30 per person. Sign up by October 30th on our website. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the 5 p.m. Mass on Sunday, October 15th by Father Pat McGrath. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast.